and they're saying, why can't everyone in crypto be compliant like us? They mm -hmm. don't even have a product that anyone's using or right. works. And meanwhile, David, you have Kraken, you mm -hmm. have Coinbase. Actual companies demanded by the market. Actual companies have been in the space servicing people in the crypto industry and protecting investors, giving them exposure to this asset class for over a decade. Mm -hmm. American-based mm -hmm. companies, pristine reputations, and the SEC is busy sending them Wells notices. And yeah. somehow this guy gets in front of Congress. It just seems a little odd, doesn't it? Bankless Nation, it is the third Friday of June, and it's Friday morning. I said that twice. David, what time is it? It's the Bankless Friday weekly roll-up, Ryan, where third we time. the entire weekly news in crypto, which is always an ambitious endeavor, which is why I'm on my third coffee. Uh, how are you doing? I, I drank a pot this morning, so uh, I haven't gone to the Jesus. second pot yet. <laughs> Just a pot. You know, like a pot can be a different size. You know, this, this is probably like... A pot is unequivocally a large size. That's a lot size. of coffee. Yeah, it's yeah. All right. It's Topics of the week. Uniswap V4. We actually have some crypto news this week. Hey. Uh, so we got Uniswap V4 announced this week and why I'm calling it the hook-centric roadmap hook -centric to- Hook-centric roadmap. Yes. David, you think that's going to catch? I am forcing it. <laughs> I am forcing the topic. All right. Uh, and uh, while I'm very, very happy that all this crypto news has happened, in addition to uh, Uniswap, we have Eigenlayer going live. Mm. We have the Polygon roadmap update. We yes. have BlackRock that wants a Bitcoin ETF. These more. are all Give me more. great news. And half of this goddamn weekly roll-up <laughs> is going to be dedicated to the SEC shenanigans, which I'm sad to say, but they were extra shenanigan-y this week. Shenanigan yeah. is putting it lightly. We love you, SEC. Uh, I don't know what's going on, man, but it seemed like the SEC may have put a Fed plant in front of Congress. All right. That sounds like conspiracy uh, tinfoil hat stuff, but we're going to drop the details on that and you guys can decide for yourself what is going on. Also, the Heinemann emails were released. This is the mm -hmm. Ripple case. It kind of exposes the SEC was sort of two-faced with respect to its stance on whether yeah. ETH is a security or not. Right. It so, really yeah. undermines the SEC's current words with the SEC's previous words. It's shenanigans the, the court season. ordered the SEC to not edit or change anything <laughs> about its historical statements out of fear that it might do that. Yeah. The fact that you have crazy. to say that as the yes. court, right? right? Wow. Okay. We got some shenanigans to deal with, but... Lots of shenanigans and also Warren Davidson is fed up with the SEC's shenanigans, and he has proposed the SEC Stabilization Act, AKA hashtag fire, fire Gary Gensler, and Is completely rebuild the SEC. That's literally, that was his hashtag, fire Gary Gensler. Fire Gary Gensler, wow, yeah. that's, that sounds yeah. like something you would tweet out, David. I, not not me, I've, of course. I've tweeted out a little bit worse than that, and I that still want Gary in the agenda. I still want Gary on this podcast, okay? And he is I would, not coming on this podcast. I would welcome him, though, and I know you would, too. We would have a productive conversation. Oh, yeah. Gary Gensler, if you're listening, well, come on the podcast, we, we let's talk a little bit. We would have a productive words for him <laughs> to hear. I don't know if we would get them back. Anyways. Speaking of productive, you know what's really productive is having a smart contract with good security, making mm -hmm. sure it's audited. Our friends and sponsors at Cyfren want to let you know that they are some world-class smart contract auditors. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you're building a protocol, Cyfren wants to make sure your code is secure and using the most modern tooling and best practices available. You know Patrick from the Cyfren team? He's mm -hmm. a 
a YouTube content creator too, where he talks about solidity, blockchain development, and smart contracts. This is uh, mm -hmm. a lot of views on this yeah. content, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been doing this for apparently like five, uh, three years, every year. He's released a course every single year with a combined five million views, which, uh, I mean, it's five million views isn't That's impressive. crazy. Yeah, five million views of onboarding Solidity devs into Web3, that's a lot of onboarding work. Yeah. Uh, and so not only can Cypherin audit your smart contract, it can also teach you how to be a, a good, secure Solidity dev. Because uh, if you have 27 hours this bear market, because I'm sure you do, it's what we call it, the, bull, <laughs> the, bear, the bull, uh, boar market, uh, you can go from zero to 60 using Cypherin. There you go. Well, speaking of education, why don't you educate us on the crypto markets today, David? Oh, Let's, uh, don't. It's a bad, bad start lesson with this week. Oh, bad uh, lesson? Red, yes. Things it, it go down? Weird. Everything, things go down. No, the color is red. <laughs> Blood in the streets. Uh, Bitcoin started the week at $26,700, down 6.5%, down to $25,000. I've seen worse. When, 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 ooh, Bitcoin down 6.5% yeah, is not great. Doesn't feel that great. is not great. I've seen worse uh, though. Ether uh, d uh, down almost double. Ooh, now that's starting the week at eighteen fifty, ending the week at sixteen fifty. I do not 16, like double digit. Is where we are right now. Double yeah. digit percentage down feels not great. bad. Not great. Not great. Yeah, the ra ratio of course takes a beating down five point five percent. That was a lot for the ratio. So Can we you tell me why? Uh, why the is the ratio down? No, no, no. Why are we dropping? Like what oh, happened um, this week? I, I totally think that this price action could have totally happened in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. um, we were talking about that mid bear market high that we have recently been to that kind of matches where we were in 2019, if you're into that kind of voodoo stuff. Um, and then also at the same time, Gary Gensler told us that basically crypto assets three through 15 on the crypto market cap are all securities. Uh, and so I think that has also set in as well um the the mood is bad and then like things become real when the price drops i, I remember talking to you about this remember in march of 2020 early march mm. everyone was talking everyone was talking about covid mm -hmm. but no one was taking it seriously mm -hmm. and then the covid dump day happened mm. and like the trad market dumped crypto markets dumped and then everyone started taking covid extremely seriously after the markets reacted I think that's kind of what's happening with the crypto securities is like for the first couple of days, it was like, oh, Gary, just sue in Coinbase and Binance. And now we're, we're like, we're going to oh, fight back. We're going to fight back. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to be bad. It and could I think last that's, a while. I think that's what that was. I mean, it could take it could take a while for the U.S. to turn course on this. Right? This is doing some damage, I would say, in crypto right now. So I think you might be right about that. It's the market sort of realizing right coming that, to terms uh, yeah coming to terms with the fact that the u.s regulatory environment might look ugly for some time uh we're still above a trillion though in terms of market yeah. cap so there's that 1.05 1, 1. david should we go down market a little bit for, and uh take a look at the the other assets besides mm -hmm. bitcoin and ether so this is one of my favorite um it's not a chart exactly but kind of like a, a metric to look at right percent down from all-time high just to recap where we are so just again, to really just be masochistic here. yeah just just because we we want to hate ourselves this week for yeah. just a second and and we'll bring some hope near the end of this episode bitcoin price down from all-time high about 64 percent ether price down 66 percent by the way those on themselves not too bad those could be worse like yeah and they have been worse <laughs> which is insane to say 66 not that bad <laughs> it's not that bad i mean this just feels like a flesh wound to me but then we go down market and we look at some of the um non-eth non-bitcoin uh tokens xrp yeah. down 85 percent interestingly up 
30% on, I believe, I don't know, the day or something. Uh, uh, so to year to date. Year, year to, to date. date. Yeah. Okay, that's year to date. Uh, so up on the year, which is uh, interesting, but down 85%. Cardano down 91%. Dogecoin Oof. down 91%. Solana down 94%. Oof. Polkadot down 92%. Um, there's definitely some pain down market. You even get to yeah. some of the like the DeFi blue chips. Uniswap down yeah. 90%. Wow. Still a lot of pain, a lot of blood in this market, um, particularly when you get outside of Bitcoin and Ether. Yeah, the altcoin market cap has been absolutely pummeled. Holding holding our alts in a bear market has proved to be very dangerous. And that was before Gary deemed them to be securities. So here we are. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. I'm so protected. You know, something we actually haven't talked about in a while that was in this news, this in the markets news this week, Ryan. What's that? Uh, remember the word inflation? Oh, yeah. Remember, remember <laughs> the word raising or lowering or pausing interest rates? Yeah. Something happened this week. What happened? The Fed had a uh, announcement, basically. Uh-huh. So the FOMC had their meeting, of course, where they tell us what they're going to do with interest rates. And uh, you know what they did, David? Uh, tell me. Nothing. They decided to skip. But All that's right? news. That's news. That's news that they decided to do nothing. It That is actually big news that it, they decided to do nothing. Um, this is kind of a skip the rate hike type uh-huh. of uh, announcement wait and see approach they're holding at five percent the reason that's notable that this breather is notable is um this is the first time they haven't raised uh of the last 10 times so we've had 10 consecutive increases that stretch all the way back to march 2022 when i I, the fed basically capitulated Mm -hmm. at that point in time they said ah yeah inflation inflation's not transient it's a thing it's not transient it's getting out of hand they had the previous summer in uh summer of 2021 been saying ah don't worry about inflation it's transient don't worry about it they had been kind of late to the game to start increasing rates but then they did and they did so 10 times all the way up to five percent here we are they're taking a break this particular time and why it's because the fed says inflation appears to be easing and they want to assess whether they've already raised enough. And I will say inflation is at about 4% at this point in time. So it's definitely That's, off of the highs. It seems low, actually. It, it, That's a low all number. All things considered. Look at this chart, David. What are you seeing in this chart here? This is uh, CPI. Yeah, I am seeing a chart come down to a what was previously considered high but in recent terms can now be considered very low. So, I mean, in 2022, inflation got up to 9%. Uh, it got, in previous years, 2017, it gets to 3%. In 20, late 2018, it gets to 3% again. Uh, it almost gets back to 3% at the uh, start of 2020. And now we're down to 4%. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like we are in range of historic levels and we are down from 9%. So like, it looks good. It is a trailing indicator. So let's remember that, okay? Right. This is all kind of past past data, so we're not looking at kind of the current month inflation, but yeah, annualized at 4%, not too bad. Now, keep in mind, the Fed's target is 2%. So right. um, the Fed is basically saying, yeah, it's a wait and see, but right now for this time, but we expect to continue raising rates later in the year. And I think right. the market kind of uh, believes that. But what's interesting about this is the you know, stock market, equities, uh, risk-on type assets, they don't really know. I feel like they're right. in this undecided territory. Is it like a bull? Is it a bear? We don't know. And so on this news, you'd think a, a pause would be good news for stocks. Uh, stocks traded like a little up, but basically flat. I think the market's trying to figure out what's going to happen next and hasn't quite uh, decided on that yet. 
I wonder if the trad markets forgot. I mean, I'm just speaking for myself. I've completely forgot about this whole like inflation interest rates phenomenon <laughs> for the last quarter. Like this is this is once again like oh yeah. Have I you forgot forgotten about the bank the runs? Do you remember yeah, those? I, I do remember those. <laughs> okay. uh, that was like that was almost a quarter ago. Yeah. Uh, it seems like. Uh, but yeah, SEC has just completely dominated that. I wonder if the trad markets are hanging on tooth and nail to inflation like we once were. It just doesn't feel like people care anymore. Yeah, am I, I, am I being naive here? I don't know. I, I we've got a lot of interesting indicators in the economy right now. So we've got inflation that's about four percent. We unemployment actually isn't so bad right now, three point seven percent at this point in time, right? Does I, so we haven't seen the, the kind of the unemployment that you might see if we we're creeping toward a recession? That said, there's like just some weirdness in the market. I mean, go yeah. ask a millennial uh, about like who's trying how to buy feel? a house, yeah. how they feel about the current economy. Uh not too good uh and so there's a lot of weirdness going on and uh i think the market's just trying to figure out where this is going so that's the fed david uh what do we got to talk about in the rest of this episode oh my god uh so we're gonna probably have to prepare the bankless nation for like 30 plus minutes of sec shenanigans uh it's gonna it's a lot of shenanigans there's a lot of shenanigans Uh, like we said there's the hinman emails there's this Walmart's SBF person that SEC loves to parade in front of Congress, allegedly. So who the hell is Aaron Kaplan in Prometheum? Um, And then the SEC also wants 120 days to respond to Coinbase. We got the responses from Polygon and Solana about being uh, a security or not. Surprise, they don't think they're a security. All of these things and more, including the SEC Stabilization Act, where we're going to try and fire Gary Gensler. Um, All of this and more. But first, a moment to talk about these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. Especially Kraken, our preferred exchange for 2023, the one that you see all the beautiful charts for while we go through the prices. So if you do not have an account with Kraken, consider signing up for one right now. Let's go here for them. Kraken Pro has easily become the best crypto trading platform in the industry. The place I use to check the charts and the crypto prices, even when I'm not looking to place a trade. On Kraken Pro, you'll have access to advanced charting tools, real-time market data, and lightning-fast trade execution, all inside their spiffy new modular interface. Kraken's new customizable modular layout lets you tailor your trading experience to suit your needs. Pick and choose your favorite modules and place them anywhere you want in your screen. With Kraken Pro, you have that power. Whether you are a seasoned pro or just starting out, join thousands Thousands of traders who trust Kraken Pro for their crypto trading needs. Visit pro.kraken.com to get started today. Mantle is a brand new high-performance Ethereum Layer 2 network built differently from the other Layer 2s you may be familiar with. Mantle is a modular Layer 2 built on the OP stack but uses Eigenlayer's data availability solution instead of the expensive Ethereum Layer 1. Not only does this reduce Mantle's gas fees by 80% compared to other Layer 2s, but it also reduces gas fee volatility. Mantle has a decentralized sequencer set, eliminating the risk of downtime and censorship on the network. And because Mantle implements multi-party computation nodes, layer one settlement execution is shortened from seven days to as low as just one or two. Mantle is the first layer two built by a DAO and is backed by one of the biggest DAO treasuries in the world, BitDAO. Mantle already has sub-communities from around Web3 onboarded to help the growth of Mantle, like Game7 for Web3 gaming, or EduDAO for the world of DeSci, and Bybit for TVL, liquidity, and on-ramps. Check out Mantle at mantle.xyz and follow them on Twitter at 0xMantle. All right, guys, the SEC shenanigans, we're going to go through them. Uh, The first one, one of the most bizarre things I've seen in crypto, it's kind of inexplicable. And um, 
not exactly sure what is going on, but let, let's go through some facts. This is, a, this is, I guess, a take from me of what it looks like. I'm not saying this is what it is because we don't know it's for a good sure. Summary. This is what it looks like. I think Gensler and Warren's anti-crypto army may have actually rubber-stamped a shitty ATS quasi-scam Alt-One in order to hold up to Congress as an example of a compliant crypto exchange, but the work quality here is 2017-era ICO scam laughable. That's what I tweeted, and I said, this has got to be rock bottom. David, this tweet thread from Matt Walsh gets into the story. It's almost an investigative journalist type story. And what I mean, if this is true, if this is what it looks like, I think this is rock bottom for this is the SEC unreal. and government this cannot regulators. be a real story. All right, let's get into it. So this is uh, Matt Walsh in the tweet thread. Uh, do you want to kick this off for us? Yeah, so uh, Matt Walsh, I remember him actually talking about this on his On the Brink podcast that he does with Nick Carter every last week. So he was talking about how weird this was last week. And then apparently since then, it's gotten even weirder, which is how he starts this tweet thread. He goes, has anyone actually looked into this beyond bizarre? Last month, in the midst of the SEC bringing cases on Coinbase and Gemini and giving the stiff arm to Robinhood and others, Prometheum gets approval for a first of its kind special purpose broker dealer for digital asset security. Then Prometheum CEO somehow gets a seat in front of Congress yesterday and starts reading off pre-written notes clearly coordinated with clearly coordinated narratives with Democratic members of Congress or the SEC. And so if you click into this, uh, we, we won't play this clip because it's, it's like a long clip, but there is a, a section where a Democratic member of Congress, Ms. Uh, Villa, Villasquez, uh, is asking questions that you like this is pretty common i think we're like staffers will uh, underhand questions to the the congressman or woman um this congresswoman clearly does not understand the question she is just reading the question uh and you can tell because like you know crypto people know when you are not talking crypto language that is very obvious and so she has this scripted question which she asks adam the the ceo of of prometheum and then as soon as the question ends, he looks down at his notes and gives a very scripted answer. Let's just play The it. whole thing is scripted. Here's the answer from uh, Aaron. The system is the separation of banking and commercial activity. The Republican-led stablecoin legislation we are discussing here today seems to fail to recognize this separation for stablecoin issuers. This would allow non-commercial businesses to own a stablecoin issuer. Can you explain the harm to both consumers and perhaps about, financial stability that could arise from failing to clearly define this separation? Uh, consolidation of consumer and banking activities can lead from to his notes. conflicts of interest and potential systemic risk. Essentially, Potential um, systemic a risk. lack of strong framers with properly regulatory oversight for the entities involved, particularly when they're commingling consumer and financial-based activities, presents additional uh, levels of conflict and potential exposure to the underlying customers, either on the consumer side thank, or thank on you, the Thank you, Mr. Cavett, gentlemen. Uh, man, God, that is so cringe. And you, it just sounds like it's like Gary Gensler's like, like son. Like giving these these words. It's definitely part of the Gary Gensler uh, fan club. Stump speech. Yeah, yeah. stump speech. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's some interesting conflicts of interest here. You should go on mm -hmm. with Matt Walsh's thread here. 
Okay, so uh, Matt Wallace goes, as Rodrigo points out, Rodrigo uh, does legal and policy at Paradigm. This ATS will absolutely not work unless the projects first register the tokens with the SEC. And there are no tokens currently registered with the SEC because the regime is not viable for public blockchain networks. And so you, you know how Gary Gensler is always like, some projects have come in and registered. Yep. Why not the rest of the industry? Yeah, some have done it. All bad actors and scammers. Yeah, some, some people have come in and registered, right? Yeah. It's totally possible because some people People have done it. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, it's this Prometheum thing has, <laughs> the one, has come the in, one that has done come it. in and done it, right? And so Prometheum is like, okay, now that Gary Gensler and the SEC has deemed Solana and Matic and Filecoin and XRP to be securities, great, we have this alt layer one ATS blockchain exchange for you to trade your crypto securities on in a compliant manner. The point is, is that no, it's like Solana, Polygon, they don't. They don't want to trade on these platforms because they are decentralized global crypto networks and they can't do that because of of that is against the whole entire point well, of the whole entire thing we're doing an ats um, so what is an ats this was a kind of a an idea that was very much popularized in 2017 it's interesting yes. we'll, we'll get to this part of the story but this prometheum mm-hmm. thing seems like an uh, 2017 era, like almost ICO token launch. Right. It's certainly an, a narrative, and it has its roots there, which we'll get to in a second. But could you define what an ATS is for for people who haven't uh, ever heard that term? Yeah. So th- this actually goes back to the world that I was in in 2018. I was I was in I worked for a security token company, so we were trying to figure out how to issue security tokens. How do you do that? You do you do your token issuance and trading on an ATS, an alternative trading system, which is a thing that exists before crypto, inside of crypto. And then once everyone realized that the ICO mania was actually like selling unregistered securities, every like ICO agency like stopped and started pivoting to a security token company because we were like selling unregistered securities. Uh, and so like there became this like rush, this gold rush towards ATSs. So like T0 was one of these startups. Uh, right. there, there, was, there was, I can't remember all of them. I wrote blog posts about this. Uh, there was like five or six startups. I had to do market research. No to, like, product say, market like, fit for any of these. Okay. No, right. Because because everyone wanted to issue their tokens in a decentralized public way, but also because Anyways. an ATS system, right? Um, that's, it's Walled Garden. It's it's, it's it's KYC exchange. Not only KYC, also it's uh, accredited investor law. So if it if it's yeah. not a publicly traded company that would be traded in the S and P or Nasdaq, right? If it's kind of like some sort of private uh, placement, then you have accredited investor laws. Which basically right. you have to have over a million dollars net worth in order to actually access this stuff and use it Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. a very small niche market that nobody wants nobody's going to use it's the reason it's never taken off no one in crypto wants this but here's this guy who's like i came in with gary gensler i met in his office like he's inviting everyone and i get my ats license and this is we are a compliant exchange and and the rest of crypto is non-compliant you should just do what I did. And it seems like it is a plant. It seems like it, it is really a setup. Does. It seems it's like really, this guy really works gross. for the Fed in some capacity or has some hidden incentive here because this uh, project is so bizarre. This guy looks like a, can we go to the Laura Shin clip and play that clip? Yeah, okay. Uh, this guy looks like a oiled slicked back suit this is uh is this is what he is this is um from a podcast that laura shin, laura did shin with, yeah. uh, aaron kaplan i believe that since the uh ico in 2015 ethereum has been an investment contract oh, and there is man. no legal precedent where a security meaning an investment contract that therefore is a security morphs into a non-security 
there's been sort of ideas of sufficiently decentralized posited out there, but they're not really based in legal precedent. Legal so precedent. once a security, always a security under the, the you know legal precedent that exists. Precedent. And as such, while we're not announcing anything at this current time, here it is. As Wait for it. Chairman Gensler has noted, and I'll sound like a broken record, the overwhelming majority of digital assets, basically everything besides for Bitcoin is a investment contract and therefore a security. The whole point about crypto is that it is unprecedented. I think that uh, uh, applying laws from 1933 and 1934, before the stapler was invented, to this <laughs> new asset class in like digital assets to cryptocurrency is, is unworkable. It doesn't work. And Aaron Kaplan is is not admitting that. So basically, um, the things he said with Laura Shin on her podcast, he reiterated the exact same thing in front of Congress. Uh, he said, Gensler is right. Basically, the SEC is right. right. Crypto securities laws are already clear. We don't need new laws. Everything but Bitcoin is a security. It's possible to be a compliant exchange. Just look at Prometheum and all the success that we've had being a compliant exchange. Do you know... If it was just that, that would be weird enough. Uh, it yeah. doesn't end there, though, David. Uh, that is one half of the story. That is the tip of the iceberg. Okay, so um, it gets even more interesting. Remember you were talking about the 2017 uh, narrative around right, ATSs? The, the, gold, the very short-lived gold rush for ATSs, crypto ATSs. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Prometheum actually got their start. Right there in 2017, no way. they got their Reg A plus license. They aimed to raise $50 million there. So that's where Prometheum actually started. The reason it sounds like a 2017 ICO kind of scam narrative, because it, it kind of was a little bit. Um, they were stacked, though, when it came to kind of former insiders, government insiders, people from the New York Stock Exchange, people from FINRA, people from the CBOEs. So they're very plugged in. Oh, uh, their COO from the SEC, that's quite interesting. And then what happened, David, is they went dormant for a period of time, okay? So they went silent for years um, until about, even though they had, this was their roadmap, is what they were planning to do. You know, they had a Genesis block and everything. This was a court of a blockchain ATS, of course. So you start in 2017, uh, by 2019, you have your Genesis block issued with your fantastic um, ATS system. All right, so they go quiet for a few years, and um, now they're suddenly back on the scene. It also turns out, David, they are funded by some very interesting companies. Uh, what does this tweet from Adam, Adam Cochran say? Now, this is where Matt Walsh and Adam Cochran turn into investigative journalists, and there's just a lot to unpack here. I'm not, I'm not the one to do it, but I'll just summarize some of their findings. Uh, their fundraise was done with this uh, affiliate from China called Wang Zhang. Wang Zhang, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this. Um, a purported CCP affiliate. Okay, great, so the ties to China. Uh, they raised $48 million without a product, hired former SEC and FINRA people. They paid $1.5 million to this thing called Network One Financial Securities, which has a very dubious compliance record for people who care about these things. But the point is, is like the, the big thing about Network One Financial, do you remember when uh, Long Island Ice Tea, you know, those beloved like Ice Teas that, yeah. that and shout out, uh, shout out DeFi Dave who always wears the shirt. Uh, <laughs> in 2017, they changed their stock, their stock ticker and company name to Long Island Blockchain. Blockchain, just to pump the stock price. 
Yeah, so that was actually done by Network One Financial. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Those guys. Uh, and so, yeah, the <laughs> the Ice Tea Company, uh, and then they also had another offering that was another blockchain pivot that the SEC charged for fraud. So, like being connected to these people, not great. Like, and if you scroll up, you'll see like the again for people who care about compliance stuff, they have twenty three disclosure events of uh, things that just like aren't great, like marks on their record. Um, so it's just like, it's just not, it's just not pretty. It's just like not a, there's not a cool. So that's what's yeah. so weird about this is suddenly they're just back and now in front, in front of, of Congress, Congress right? back in front of Congress. And they're saying, we just got this ATS license mm-hmm. and they're simping for the SEC and they're saying, why can't everyone in crypto be compliant like us? They mm-hmm. don't even have a product that anyone's using or right. works. And meanwhile, David, you have Kraken. You mm-hmm. have Coinbase. Actual companies demanded by the market. Actual companies have been in the space servicing people in the crypto industry and protecting investors, giving them exposure to this asset class for over a decade. Mm-hmm. American-based mm-hmm. companies, pristine reputations, and the SEC is busy sending them Wells notices. And yeah. Somehow this guy gets in front of Congress. It just seems a little odd, doesn't it? It really is just weird. It's just very weird. Adam Cochran, I think, summed it up nicely with these three possible answers. So why the hell this is happening? Uh, one, these are plants who have been given a sweet regulatory deal in exchange in exchange for engaging in the way the SEC wanted them to, just like how Gary was working with SPF. So there's precedent for that conclusion. Uh, two, these guys are using their SEC and FINRA connections to push an agenda to get certain assets deemed securities for them to be the only approved player to capture the market. Hmm. Bold. Um, and three, these guys are grifters who have been raising money from scratchy sources and for years have been twisting and and, can, and will continue to grift. So, aka, they're, they're grifters. So, either grifters, um, you know, I think it's all three. It's all three of them. It's all three of them. Yeah. Or plants. And mm-hmm. maybe it's some combination of all three. Um, yeah. Very weird. Again, who knows? Maybe the SEC, maybe Gensler had absolutely nothing to do with this. Maybe that, you know, it just seems like something that the Elizabeth Warren anti-crypto army is behind. I don't know why. It just the seems like... The scripted questions and scripted answers <laughs> thing is like, it's hard to look oh, beyond Oh, weird. That. And on top of that, that is the first of a series of shenanigans yes. that we've yeah. uncovered this week. Uh, shenanigan number two, more hypocrisy. Talk about Hinman's emails, yeah, David. Okay. What are we looking at here? So this came out of the Ripple case. So Ripple has been in a fight with the SEC for a very long time. The SEC deemed Ripple to be a security forever ago. Exchanges like Coinbase and Kraken like delisted Ripple like because they were like, all right, we don't want to fight that fight. Um, so like this, Ripple has been having their own fight with the SEC. As a part of that fight, a bunch of documents get released from the SEC uh, that came from a famous speech that Bill Hinman in June of 2018 came and said, where he said, Ether at the time of sale was perhaps a security, but in its current shape and form, when it is being traded on, on a DEXs or being traded on Coinbase or, or, or Binance or whatever, is not a security then. And who it, is Bill Hinman? Remind Bill people. Hinman was a, a director of the SEC. Uh, mm-hmm. He was an SEC official at the time in 2018. So this is an SEC person making this statement. Gary Gensler and the current SEC administration have said that Bill Hinman's statements were his 
actions as an individual. Just his and own so personal opinion. His like, own personal opinions doesn't okay. reflect the, the opinions of the SEC. And Bill Hinman said, like, perhaps the investment contract of Ether at the, the presale, perhaps that was an S, uh, a security. But Ether, as it currently stands, being traded in the, in the public market is not a security. And so that was a statement from Bill Hinman. Can I and read his exact statement? Sure. Yeah. Hinman said this, and putting aside the fundraising that accompanied the creation of Ether, based on my understanding of the present state of Ether, again, this is 2018, the Ethereum network and its decentralized structure, current offers, and sales of Ether are not securities transactions. Mm -hmm. That is the exact statement. So the crypto industry was very excited saying, hey, the SEC's finally given us clarity. Here's a very right. clear pre-written script saying... Mm -hmm. Ether is not a security in a speech from a, a senior SEC official. And you're saying what Gary Gensler and the SEC have since said is, oh, no, that was just his personal opinion. Exactly. And all of this, all of this is not from the documents from the, SEC, uh, from the Ripple case. Here's what was revealed from the Ripple, Ripple case. So here's an email of SEC officials like working together to come to consensus about what Bill Hinman ought to say. And so Bill Hinman put forth in the emails, put forth what his like, uh, his speech that he will give and he asked for comments from other SEC officials and they say as written the language remains vague as to whether ETH is a security if you want to make an affirmative statement that is not a security the language could be stronger as in just say it <laughs> if you don't want to take an affirmative stance we suggest using language similar to what you use for Bitcoin read the disclosure regime to make it more consistent and that's one what one person said here's what a second person said we thought you were going to say that you don't believe ETH is a security. We think that that message is a helpful message. This statement, on the other hand, appears to likely create more confusion about the status of ETH. To the extent that you don't say ETH is not a security, please consider confirming the policy rationale to the disclosure regime of the federal securities laws as you did with respect to Bitcoin earlier in the paragraph. Basically saying, hey, Bill, what do you want to do? Do you want to say that ETH is not a security? Because just say it. And then and then Bill <laughs> then later made this speech and then just said it. Just said it. And then in an email, Hinman responded and said the language around Ether would be used if we are all in agreement. So he's like, okay, so guys, we're agreeing to say that ETH isn't a security here. And then he made the speech which said that Ether wasn't a security. And now these, SC, these Ripple docs are revealed to show that it makes it really hard for Gary Gensler and the current SEC administration to say that Bill Hinman was acting of his own accord because there's emails of the SEC saying like, hey, we're all in agreement about what we're going to say here, right? David, this just makes it so obvious that the SEC, the current leadership of the SEC, changed its mind. Right. Changed things around. Yeah. Had previously said... Ether was a, a, not a security in 2018 and now want to retract that and take that back. Yep. Yep. Very clear. And so this is, this is why in the court, uh, the judge for the Ripple case was like, hey, the SEC is not allowed to like edit its previous statements. Not, it's not like changing on the record. Mm -hmm. As the SEC is not allowed to go say, but what we really meant was <laughs> this. And so okay. the, the court is sealing Bill Hinman's statements as real statements that the sec cannot say like that's not what we meant seems fair because right so they they are not allowed to go the sec basically no takes backsies is how i was <laughs> no is, is what the, the court said no takes backsies on the bill hinman thing is that's this that's a great summary actually <laughs> no takes backsies <laughs> this is uh nick carter uh saying when this came out uh the day has barely started and already a big setback for the sec they argued that Hinman was just a loose cannon going off in his own. Clear now that he got sign off from the highest levels. Yes. Great news overall. It comes to a court system holding our regulators responsible 
That is a good thing. All right, so that's the uh, the second shenanigan that they find themselves in. Oh, and XRP is up on the news. Not Interestingly, sure how much I XRP care about that, is the only coin in the top twenty that was green because XRP is like, oh, you guys are all getting sued as securities too. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Oh wow. All right. No clarity. Here we go. Um, yeah. Last thing, okay. real quick. What did they do? What are they doing with this Coinbase thing? Not, not quite the last thing. We got more shenanigans. Oh yes. This. Right. Uh, so this is shenanigans number three. The SEC wants to. 120 days to respond to Coinbase's petition. So one, uh, the, here is, is Paul Graywell's summary of, of uh, the SEC's uh, filing to the response uh, last week in the Third Circuit Court. This has been the, the fight for clarity that Coinbase is saying, hey, can a court please make the SEC tell us whether they're gonna make rules or not? Mm -hmm. And the SEC response to that was like, we want 120 days. Uh, and so Paul just summarizes three, four main points here, saying that the SEC repeats the fallacy that they haven't made any decision on new crypto rules. Two, they refuse to commit to any deadline despite the court's explicit order. Three, instead of and three, they three instead they anticipate and making a recommendation in 120 days. And four, they ignore the clear statements of the chair that confirm that they have no issue. To, uh, they have no intent to issue new rules and instead conflate the evidence of a decision those statements provide with an argument that the statements are themselves a decision, blah, 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 blah. They're just throwing I, this around. Is called, I, I summarized this and basically the SEC just told us to go F ourselves. Yeah, this is called stonewalling. Yeah. They're not going to do it. No, you know, sorry. Like, they're just not going to um, play ball with Coinbase, not going to mm -hmm. provide any clarity to, uh, to the industry. And uh, David, two weeks ago, do you remember... In uh, those complaints filed with courts against Binance and Coinbase, they just called a whole bunch of crypto assets securities, including right. tokens like Matic, which is the token behind Polygon, tokens like uh, Sol, which is the token behind Solana. And um, the token projects themselves have fired back. They are responding. Right. What are we looking at here? So this is a statement from Polygon. We also have a statement from Solana. Both of them basically say the same thing. Is like they disagree with the characterization of them as a security. Polygon said that they sold Polygon outside of the U.S., blah, 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 blah. Solana will say the same thing. Here's a, here's a quote from the uh, Solana article that I really like. Um, here's a, from a Solana de developer in a hacker house in New York City. Actually, I bet it's just the one that's not too far away from me. Uh, the hacker said, I don't think any developers give a shit. <laughs> Soul being a security doesn't really affect anyone building on top of Solana, which is just great cypher cypherpunk fashion. Um, the terrible thing, Ryan, is that Solana, Polygon, Filecoin, all these tokens that were deemed to be securities are not defendants. They are collateral damage where the defendants are Binance and Coinbase. And so they don't even they don't even get to have a seat in the court in the hearing. Really? Because they are not the defendant. They are just being charged with being a security as like collateral damage inside of the suit between Coinbase and Binance and the SEC. But can they be deemed a security without fighting that out with these projects in court? I don't know, but that's, yeah. Well, yeah. let me ask you what you think about that. So the, the Solana Hacker House guy said, I don't think developers give a shit. Okay, that's true. Yeah. However, look, Sol is down 94%. I mean, like there's FTX, there's all sorts yeah. of other reasons why. So I might say it's all this, but it this also had sure, an insane 2021. Yeah, but this sure didn't help. Okay. And Correct. so yeah. it does impact the economic security of these right. alternative layer ones, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if all of these tokens are deemed securities in the US, but here's the thing. I think the rest of the world will continue to march on. Right. right. Like Gary Gensler does is not the emperor of the world. And right. while he has some networks are bigger than Gary. Uh, Robin Hood, though, delisting. So yeah. boo. Cardano, Robin Hood. Polygon, Solana. 
Um, you are the only ones delisting Robinhood. It's unfortunate. You're the only ones doing this. It's unfortunate. Um, it's very unfortunate. It would be nice if they joined the battle and fought the good fight like yeah. Kraken, Coinbase, and others are doing because uh, we need all the ammo that we can get. Here's a tweet yeah, from sure. Ryan Selkis. <laughs> this is what SEC protection looks like, and he basically is he's showing the Mazari chart that we were showing up earlier, where uh, everything's down. Is down. This is, yeah, this is when yeah, this is when the tokens dumped. So yeah, it's not great. It's not great. He says, aren't, uh, aren't you grateful your tax dollars go to Gary Gensler, who already made a hundred hundred million? I hate Goldman the fact Sachs. that I pay his salary. I hate that. I hate that so, so much. he can pull up the ladder behind himself and screw you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we are not. We have two more sections of SEC shenanigans. Oh, can God. we play the the clip of Gary Gensler in 2018? Oh yeah, this conference? is a great clip. Uh, yeah. Here we go. This is Gary Gensler. 20, I love 2018 Gary. Yeah. By the way, over 70 percent of the crypto market is Bitcoin, Ether, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash. Mm-hmm. Why did I name those four? They're not securities. <gasps> whoa, 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 wait, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Let's play that back. Let's play that back. Um, those four, they're not securities. Did oh, he say they're not Gary securities? Gensler. I love 2018 Gary Gensler. Are you sure He's that's such the same a great guy? guy. Looks like him. Could be deep fake, David. I don't know. Yeah, you, I'm, yeah. You can't trust these days. <laughs> yeah. My, how things have changed, though. Um. This is your take. Me earlier. I want Gary Gensler out of office. Me now. I want Gary Gensler in prison. Well, he's not going to come on the podcast now, David. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I, I, I have spoken. <laughs> Why do you feel this way? Because, Gary, it's one thing to be an a incompetent regulator, but Gary has shown to be competent and to have positions and stances in 2018 and he has shown to understand crypto networks. He has shown to be a competent, functioning person who deeply understands this crypto industry. And now he's, as far as I can tell, exclusively playing the political game of climbing up ladders of power. And it is a single player PVE game that Gary is playing inside of a world of people, of humans. Gary, we live in a society. You do not get to treat the rest of humans as your environment that you are PVEing, but he that is what he is doing. But you said and something so, you said something stronger. You said you want Gary Gensler in prison. All right? Lots he is of- using the authority of a public office to elevate himself and tear down an entire industry of hundreds of thousands of people. He is misusing the authority given to him by his role for his own self gain. There's some law. I don't, there's probably some law out there. Find it. We can find it. He is doing something against the people. This is Gary Gensler versus the people. I think what you're reacting to here, and of course, like before someone goes to, (laughs) gets prosecuted, or there's criminal mm-hmm. charges, there has to be evidence of, of criminality, right? So just because you don't like somebody, it doesn't mean like, I don't like this guy, go to prison, you're going to prison. I think that if you looked hard, there would be evidence of corruption here. And I yes. think that's what you are reacting to so mm-hmm. strongly. It's not just an abdication of responsibility, of shirking your duties and playing a self-interested games. Like lots of people do that. CEOs do that. There's tons of psychopaths in mm-hmm. corporations and government. I think that there's actual corruption that could right. be going on here. And if we find evidence of that, that is a reason to hashtag 
fire Gary Gensler. That's where we're right. going next. Uh, this is I will settle for a firing of <laughs> Gary Gensler. This is Warren Davidson here. Today, I filed the SEC Stabilization Act. SEC stabilization. This is not stable coins here. We're trying to stabilize. <laughs> Why? Because it's gotten volatile, I guess. Today, I filed the SEC Stabilization Act to restructure the SEC and hashtag fire Gary Kensler. He, he put it in hashtags because you know he wants it to trend, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> yes. Here he goes. Uh, U.S. capital markets must be protected from tyrannical chairmen, including the current one. It's time for real reform and to fire Gary Gensler as chair of the SEC. Warren Davidson is a crypto-friendly congressman, I believe. Right. Um, I he I, I often see his name associated with Tom Emmer, who we've had on the mm-hmm. podcast before, mm-hmm. who I believe is well, saying something similar. The, him and Tom Emmer have co-written that very progressive, productive uh, crypto bill that that Jake Stravinsky and other crypto lawyers are like, big thumbs up. Which one's that? Is, did you guys talk about that last the, week? How the the digital asset well. market structure bill. Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. right. And now they've got a second bill to fire Gary Gensler. Do you think yeah. this is actually like going to get legs? Uh, you know, I don't know how bills like these work. Or is this just kind if of the a Republicans protest bill? win the the 2024 election, then big big time. Yeah. But I mean, Gary's out anyway. If they're I, in 2025, I, yeah, you're right. He is out. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. That's the SEC. We're done with the SEC shenanigans for this week anyway. Um, my question to you is, do we have to start worrying about the CFTC? The CFTC? All right. Quickly before we get there, here's a very quick... Yeah, this is this is why this is a this is a Democrat versus Republican issue. Yeah. This is a, this is a great tweet from Nick Tomano. Uh, the Biden administration's crypto timeline. First, Sam Bankman-Fried is the second largest donor to Biden's presidential campaign. Second... Biden appoints Gary Gensler as chairman of the SEC. Third, Gary Gensler hosts meetings with S- uh, SBF and FTX with no action letter discussed. Next, after winning favor with the FTC, uh, the, C- the SEC, FTX is exposed as the largest fraud in history by the crypto community. And last, the SEC attacks sound legal businesses that have been attempting to work in good faith with regulators for over a decade. Coinbase and Kraken. I sent this tweet uh, to my very Democrat family. And I got cr- crickets back. <laughs> well, the problem is, look, I don't think that corruption is a right versus left, Democrat versus Republican issue. It's just corruption. And that's it's, what this yeah. smells like. And that's what yes. it looks like. And wherever yeah. it is, it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. You should be in favor of getting corruption out of government. Uh, certain, it's certainly looking like it. Can we turn to the CFTC? For a corruption-free uh, regulation, uh, are they also, are they friends of it's crypto? It's also not great. Okay, so this is the CFTC versus Uki DAO. This is something that a lot of the legal minds in the crypto space have been paying attention to as the thing to pay attention to, because what is being judged over here, what is being ruled, is the liability of DAO members of actions of the DAO. So uh, Uki DAO, formerly called BZX, I think was it was BZX. It was exploited, uh, and so there is, I think, a class action lawsuit against Uki Dow. This is all directionally correct, uh, and so there, it's a suit over whether the Dow members can take responsibility over the uh, the the damage caused by a Dow. Uh, the CFTC has uh, won that court case. Uh, the court has deemed CFTC to have won, which is bad, which is terrible. Th- we don't this like means, that. To be clear, if you had. Like if this kind of precedent continues, if you have a token in a particular DAO, DAO governance token, and yeah. something happens, the DAO mm-hmm. does something in which you are, um, you could potentially be legally liable in the same right. way an equity holder or a partner is. Mm-hmm. If this was some sort of a uh, you know corporate entity or a business entity, 
in, in mm-hmm. the U.S. And it's basically the worst possible ruling for DAOs. Why are we not completely freaking out about this? Um, so Lexnode, um, who's a, another crypto lawyer, says that this is a default judgment. Dao didn't offend itself. So the CFTC won without needing to prove its theories. So that is very limited precedence, legal precedent. So that is why we're not freaking out about this. But if this, this could have been much worse. Uh, the Ukidao has to pay $645,000, Ukidao members. Um, basically, this is the CFTC calling a bluff on decentralization theater, specifically around Ukidao. But um, the worry is that this would happen again and the next one would fight, uh, have more legal precedent. Um, yeah. It is important to know here that no Ukidao members were held personally responsibly uh, liable right. for anything in this particular so case. So it's a very mixed bag reaction, but the Ukidao story is now closed, I guess. Yeah, the idea that a, like a token holder has kind of like risk, um, right. basically that torches, I think, tokens DAOs. in the US, yeah. and like, like DAOs in the US in particular. And so, and it's interesting because... Uh, token holders don't have the the legal rights on the the benefit right. side of things. They just have right. the downside, right? right. So it's, no investor protections, only invest, investor liability. I think it's a backdoor way to kind of like torch the asset class and really uh, uh, cause some harm here. Yeah. Wow. God, I Ryan, I hate that we are forty nine minutes into this recording mm. and it's all it's all SEC CFT. I hate that. Do you know I what? It's so been much. that kind of year though. It is a regulatory war year, but we got some great things coming up next, mm-hmm. which is more build market material. Uniswap God. version four getting wow. ready to ship. It's, it's awesome. Announced uh some really exciting things. Eigenlayer hits mainnet mm-hmm. and also, also awesome. the Bank of China just issued $28 million in digital structured notes on a th- the Ethereum blockchain. Is awesome. Is China trying to fill the awesome. void here? Uh we'll be back with that. Um but before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible including MetaMask. If you're not familiar with MetaMask, maybe you only use the wallet, go check out portfolio.metamask.io. I'm showing my portfolio now, David. I wish this was looking a little healthier, but uh, yeah, here it is. Red. Metamask a has red. a fantastic portfolio tool you can check out too. Here they are. Hey, the uh, tokens that are green, those are uh, stable coins. <laughs> <laughs> the only ones that are green. Here's Metamask, guys. Learning about crypto is hard. Until now. Introducing Metamask Learn, an open educational platform about crypto, Web3, self-custody, wallet management, and all the other topics needed to onboard people into this crazy world of crypto. Metamask Learn is an interactive platform with each lesson offering a simulation for the task at hand, giving you actual practical experience for navigating Web3. The purpose of Metamask Learn is to teach people the basics of self-custody and wallet security in a safe environment. And while Metamask Learn always takes the time to define Web3 specific vocabulary, it is still a jargon-free experience for the crypto curious user. Friendly, not scary. MetaMask Learn is available in 10 languages with more to be added soon, and it's meant to cater to a global Web3 audience. So, are you tired of having to explain crypto concepts to your friends? Go to learn.metamask.io and add MetaMask Learn to your guides to get onboarded into the world of Web3. Immutable is at the forefront of Web3 gaming, on a mission to bring digital ownership to every player, offering the world's best games and game development platform. Immutable lets game builders and players focus on great gaming experiences. So, build your next Web3 game on easy mode with Immutable's leading full-stack Web3 gaming platform. Its built-in UX features, like the Immutable Passport, are designed for games to scale to the next billion players coming to Web3. With Immutable, players can sign up with an email, pay with a credit card, and experience a frictionless 
purchase flow inside of games. So discover your next favorite game and explore a network of 150 games building on Immutable, including such titles as Gauze Unchained, Guilds of Guardians, Illuvium, Ember Sword, and Metalcore. So join Web3's largest ecosystem of games and players. Build, play, and connect at immutable.com. Bankless Nation, we got the fourth Uniswap, the Uniswap with the hook centric roadmap for Uniswap. That's what I'm calling You're it. You're really trying to make that happen. <laughs> I think it's a great meme. It's pretty good. Like, you get it, right? Like uh, Ethereum's roll up centric roadmap, uh, Uniswap's hook centric roadmap. Well, tell people it's, what it's hooks same same. are so they understand. Okay. So uh, we'll start with Uniswap v3 and why we needed a v4 in the first place. Um, so the idea behind Uniswap v3 was that v3 had certain features embedded into v3 into uniswap v3 pools one of them was like an oracle for example uh and so like the every single uniswap uh pool whether it's like ether usd uh or ether die it came with an oracle in every single uniswap exchange yeah and so anytime you ever swapped on a uniswap v3 pool contract you would update that oracle and that would cost gas and so that is an opinionated feature that is costing money for swappers for perhaps a feature that not very many people are using, especially on the long tail of Uniswap pools. And so that is an example of a feature that's placed into Uniswap v3 that you cannot pull out. Uniswap v4 is a massively reduced feature eliminated uh, base protocol with instead of features, hooks. Hook, what are hooks? Hooks are just expressive ways to input new code into a Uniswap v4 pool contract. And so what does a hook do? It can do anything that's that's kind of the point uh it's kind of like a smart contract not a full not a fully expressive smart contract but still very exp expressive way to make widgets for uniswap it's almost like so um, it's just, a smart pool right or like a smart pool yes yes smart, smart feature smart widget you know it's not fully turing complete but it's most of the way there the, the other reason i look i like hook centric red map uh, you know and compare that to um roll-up centric red map which ethereum map mm -hmm. to is because this is like uh, ethereum in in the way that um the ro the roll-up centric roadmap for ethereum made ethereum modular we've talked very mm -hmm. much about modular yeah. ethereum this is modular uniswap this is the reason mm -hmm. they're doing hooks so that the primitive right. can focus on kind of the base layer type the stuff. The primitive can be primitive, yeah. And you can, it's much more expressive. You can build all sorts of other things mm -hmm. on top of it, just in the same way that uh, the beacon chain in Ethereum really focused on mm -hmm. the consensus layer, the core stuff that only Ethereum could do. And it was like outsourced execution to uh, the rollups. And that's what Uniswap is doing with these hooks. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So like, what can you do with hooks? Like, it's really your oyster. You can do... You can make a transaction that does DCAing over blocks for a year's long worth of time. You can put back in that Oracle that I was talking about. You can do anything. There, I think there's going to be like two classes of hooks. There's going to be hooks that almost everyone uses because they're just so good and useful that most Uniswap pools use them. And then there's going to be completely customary custom hooks that maybe just one Uniswap pool wants for one specific purpose. So it's kind of like having a generalized optimistic rollup mm -hmm. or an app roll app or app chain except for app hooks right does that make sense yeah it does now we should say this isn't live now correct uh, a lot of yeah. the code is out there but it's on github and mm -hmm. uh uniswap is doing a different approach with respect to the launch of uh, v4 v3 was just mm -hmm. like boom it's here launched on mainnet right. uh, v4 right. is like hey here's what we're doing go take a look at our code go read our white paper give us some commentary and we'll roll this out in the months ahead I don't know. Do you think like Hayden, we had Hayden Adams on the podcast uh, earlier mm -hmm. this week. 
Do you think that V4 is going to release by the end of this year? Do you think it's that soon or could it take a little bit longer? It's going to take, so it's got a dependency. It needs this thing called transient storage from EIP 1153. Okay, so what, what does transient storage do? Does I have to explain one more feature, which is called the singleton construction. This is a design term in uh, computer science. A singleton contract is just a single contract that hosts all of the logic as opposed to many different contracts for every single pool. Mm. So Uniswap V3 and V2 uh, were all done with unique contracts. So when you spun up every single token on Uniswap V2 and V3 has its own Uniswap contract address with a singleton contract design. All Uniswap is one single contract address that pools, exchange pools are inside of that one contract. So instead of one contract per token, it's one global contract, a singleton contract. And so what does that do? That reduces minting new pools, the cost to mint new pools by 99%. 99%. Yeah, so new pools cost 99% less to mint. Um, I mean, that's a one-time fee. So it's just like the long tail of crypto assets get cheaper Uniswap pools. Yes. Um, but then importantly, it makes this thing called flash accounting. So with every single Uniswap pool is under one single contract, it makes order routing between all of the Uniswap pools extremely efficient. And then this flash accounting thing is what they need transient storage from EIP 1153 to do. And so it, when we rebalance all of the pools because everyone's doing all these trades all at once, this, the transient storage allows for flash accounting so that every all the Uniswap pools can all settle without making uh, a big footprint on the Ethereum layer one. Why are you smiling? I'm just smiling because um, imagine a crypto noob just listening to what we just said there. There's so many words there that they're <laughs> like so transient storage <laughs> and like fl- flash, what did you just say? Flash, flash accounting, flash accounting yeah. all of these things. Give us like the, the really, I explain, explain it like, like I'm, I'm five, five kind of version of this too. Okay, how to explain Uniswap like I'm five. There's just two main, there's two main things. Apps, which are the hooks. Yep. So Uniswap has apps now and they're going to be developed by the open source world. It's free and permissionless to build apps for Uniswap. So Uniswap's going to have apps. Uh, flash accounting, um, it doesn't cost anything to trade across multiple Uniswap pools at once and it used to. Hmm. And so the complexity and gas costs and fees of trading throughout the uni uniswap universe is almost zero all right and so that's good uh, yeah more pools better pools more uh, that's liquidity my, that's, what, that's what we're getting yes. better DeFi. It a, it, overall it's a huge emphasis on gas reduction um so gas reduction is a huge theme in v4 and also expressivity so i i have two big questions uh ryan that, that we want to bring up yeah. Here, here's the discord this is from scotty mm-hmm. uh scotty from the bankless nation discord what's up scotty ryan and david do you see uniswap v4 as a boon or a consolidation. I love the architecture and the composability. However, the hook concept could turn any competing AMM into a Uniswap surf by reducing their product to a hook that feeds the Uniswap engine. It's a smart question. It's a very smart question. I actually went into the Discord. I was like, yo, bro, that's a really, that's a really great question. <laughs> Scotty, uh, you should be continues, asking questions here, not us. <laughs> he, Scotty continues and says, the comparison to Ethereum is apt. Thank you, Scotty. Roll a hook-centric roadmap for Uniswap. Uh, put that one in your brain. It's now a meme. Uh, but breaks down because Hayden and company own the fee switch. After V4, when all competing AMMs collapse into hooks and Uniswap has captured most on-chain liquidity, what do you expect V5 or V6 or the fee switch to look like? Does this centralize or decentralize Uniswap in your mind? Do you have an answer? Because I definitely oh, do. Oh, uh, go for it. You, you, you start with this one. All right. First, let me drink some more coffee. <laughs> He's preparing enough. his answer, Scotty. Get ready for it. 
I think Scotty is just like he's got the bead. He's he's on, he's on the ball right now. Okay, so do you see Uniswap V4 as a boon or a consolidation? Mm. The answer is both, and I want to put this into uh, alt layer one terms Does he mean because a I think consolidation this, of what of liquidity. Of he, I think Scotty is saying like all of these alternative AMMs mm -hmm. that have different design structures and patterns are now like made obsolete because they can just become a hook onto yeah, Uniswap. Yeah, V4 is going to eat those. In the same way, I think that um, rollups kind of eat Rollup-centric roadmaps eat up all the layer uh, okay. ones. I'm with it's you. the same pattern. <laughs> so like, why would you spin up a lot? Here's, here's the words of the ETH maxi, right? Like, why would you spin up an, an alternative layer one? Just make a rollup on yeah, Ethereum. why? Why would you make another AMM with different logic or just make it a hook on top of Uniswap? Oh, okay. And so it's it's both a boon and a consolidation. I think, as a Ethereum bias person, that the roll-up centric roadmap to Ethereum is a boon for many many networks because they do not have to be burdened with having to deal with the complexity of the decentralized nature of the layer one. Hooks on Uniswap do not have to deal with getting new liquidity, becoming a, a, a completely resistant hardened protocol. Like you just hook into Uniswap and you have all the all of the liquidity. It's going to be easier to get your logic built into liquidity if you just make a hook on top of Uniswap. Yeah, you know what? I think the patterns are so strong. I'm, I get, I'm much less worried about kind of consolidation and network effect and one particular mm -hmm. uh, your pro, like thing owning like 90% of mark share, that sort of thing, if it's right. a credibly neutral public good mm -hmm. primitive, right? And right. I'm not saying that Uniswap is as much that, as Ethereum is, because it's not. All right. There's like a Uniswap Labs type entity. There's other things. There's a there's Uni token governance. There's kind of fee switch. Right. They have uh, not quite open source licensing. It's like you know like a right. four year thing, and then it becomes open source. But it's right. pretty close, and maybe as close as we've seen of any DeFi um, protocol. There's things like Curve it, that are yes. very close to the bare metal too, and I you know love right. those things. But uh, so. I'm less worried about kind of consolidation of, of kind of Uniswap as long as it preserves those core properties of decentralization. Yeah, and I think a lot of those core properties about Uniswap are like, that's not an option. They don't have the uh, turn on centralization switch right. on Uniswap. They just have turn on the fee switch. And so like, yeah, if you want to be like kind of cynical about it, I think the the idea of, uh, what did Scotty say? Um that Hayden and company have the fee switch. I think that's a little bit of a cynical take. It's like, well, like tokens start somewhere. Hayden invented the protocol. He invented it in a way that you cannot make it centralized. Like, yeah, he has a lot of uni tokens, but he anyone also one of the biggest airdrops. Anyone can spin up um, a, a pool, right? And yes, and the fee switch is configured based on the pool. Like the I hmm. I don't know about that hmm, one. Got more to learn know. about this. Yeah. But, Okay, now another question from SpartanSolution.eth. Uniswap v4 announces hooks this week. One of the hooks discussed in the podcast was the ability to enable trades using TWAP for buying and selling tokens. Would this hook be uh, something someone can use to DCA into a token on Uniswap? Yes, and that is actually the exact point of what that app was talking about. You can use a hook to do DCAing into Uniswap. And it's actually just one transaction and you can set the logic and it's only, you only have to buy one dollar cost the, averaging. That's what DCA is. If you want to right, exactly. put a little bit yeah. of your paycheck every, every two weeks into a crypto, yes. you can do that. That's exactly right. Okay. If you want to listen to the podcast with Hayden, we had a hour long hour, hour and 10 minutes with Hayden and talking all about it. So that podcast is, well, it's already in your podcast feed. So, so here's, here's Hayden. 
Uh, okay, uh, are we ready? Eigenlayer, Eigenlayer mainnet launch. Hey. All right, Eigenlayer is on chain, is on mainnet. So there are three milestones to the Eigenlayer mainnet. We are at milestone number one. So we are off. Uh, what is milestone number one? Uh, this is when 3,200 of each of the following staked ETH tokens are allowed to be deposited into Eigenlayer. That's Lido, Rocket Pool, and Coinbase wrapped staked Ether. Uh, so SC ETH, R ETH, CB ETH, 3,200 and each of them can be deposited into Eigenlayer. Uh, they all got filled up within hours of mainnet launch. Uh, and so now it's all full. <laughs> so you can't do uh, anything right now. So now you can't do anything because okay. it's too late. They already did it. Uh, they're going to open up that more. It's like very guarded, slow yeah. launch, very protected, very secure. Right. Um, so that's phase one. We're, and so I guess milestone one's already mm -hmm. done. Milestone two is when operators join the network. And these are the people who do the actual validation tasks of restaked networks, AKA doing the work. So that's what's coming up next. And then in milestone three is when we launch actual services. Uh, so these are the actual Eigen networks. Um, some of them are already like uh, being worked on. Some of them are just theoretical, but totally up to the free market to build. And that's Eigen layer data availability, Espresso, which is shared sequencing, Witness Chain, Omni, That's going to be so cool. I can't it wait. Is, this is going to be an explosion. This is as big as rollups. And we talked about this two mm -hmm. weeks ago. We had our uh, episode with Sriram about restaking. You ba basically you take your ETH. You stake it, yes. you stake again. Take it again. <laughs> another network. <laughs> and that transmutes some of the economic security of uh, Ethereum's validator set into the new thing that you want to bootstrap, an Oracle, an app, a chain, right. whatever you can think of. Uh, right. It's such a fantastic concept. And the fact that this is coming out already is very mm -hmm. exciting. I remember when we first learned about rollups, we had to like wait for like three years. Oh my God, way too long. <laughs> Way too long. Restaking that is actually a really quick. good point. Yeah. The inception of knowing about Eigenlayer to it going to mainnet, I learned about it in October of twenty. Why didn't we think of this earlier, Sri Ram? Why, <laughs> why didn't we think about it again? Yeah. Why didn't we think about rest? I guess we had to have staking first, and that like happened relatively true. recently. That is true. That is true. All right. That is true. Well, it, well, the other thing is like, okay, so yeah, we waited forever for rollups. And now, now we finally have them. People were building their Eigenlayer restaking components before mainnet was even around. Yeah. That's so like, impressive. It, there's infrastructure ready to go to be using eigenlayer data availability. Yeah. Uh, Polygon, just uh, an announcement as well. So our vision for Polygon is simple, to build a value layer of the internet. Um, they're doing an announcement where they're kind of starting with a series of announcements, I would say. Right. So what is ahead of us for the next month or so? Um, a, a, a few things. We have a, an announcement of four announcements. Yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, so the week of June 20, or excuse me, the week of June 19th is when they're going to be talking about the future of the Polygon proof of stake chain. I'm going to guess that it's going to become a ZK rollup. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just making that prediction. Uh, the week of 20, the June 26th, the next week is uh, the architecture and stack of Polygon. There's a bunch of other networks. Maybe they get tied together. Uh, then July 10th, the utility and evolution of the native Matic token. And then the week of July 17th, the transition to greater community governance and protocol in the treasury. Sounds like a very holistic, large move by Polygon all in all. Uh, so this kind of feels like the big the one. Big, the Polygon. biggest one I'm excited about is any idea of the Polygon proof of stake chain turning into a ZK rollup, right. a ZK EVM. Yes. That would be absolutely amazing. That would be a like promises made, promises kept type right. of moment. And uh, would just cement rollups as... Cement Ethereum's roll-up centric mm -hmm. roadmap is hey it works. We had a big kind of like sidechain type thing convert. 
interesting that the branding on this tweet our vision for polygon is simple to build the value layer of the internet Ooh, does that Didn't mention ethereum does that, does that trigger you do you think they should Didn't have said ethereum. ethereum i mean ethereum is the internet i saw but... some lots of people getting uh, upset at this saying like polygon oh, really? is kind of disaligned or like the, you know the marketing oh, that kind of thing um i'm not seeing it yet but um it's a take out there <laughs> I will get to this, okay. like the current mood and the spe- like the the vibe. We, of we're crypto. Save, save that for later. Uh, we'll save that so for we'll later. We have that later. All right. What's optimism? Uh, last, last last layer two thing. Optimism Bedrock got uh, released last week, and so we, now we are able to check out some of the data on the gas fees. So if you open up that Doom board that comes up next, so we can just see that gas fees on Bedrock are like one third, one half reduced uh, versus the legacy uh, optimism. Uh, lovely to see and this is all before eip 4844 so when you reduce uh optimism gas fees by more than half before 4844 gosh <laughs> gas fees getting low uh david getting low. over to nft stuff mm-hmm. kraken out of mm-hmm. beta kraken nft new gateway to buying selling and learning about nfts what is what is this about from kraken yeah, so they have their new uh, NFT platform that is launched buying, holding, selling, and learning about NFTs, they say. They're integrated with uh, Polygon. Mm. You also can trade uh, Reddit collectible avatars. Reddit is having its blackout moment, but you can still trade <sighs> snooze on, on Polygon using uh, Kraken. Uh, cool. Um, so you can also pay with whatever. You can buy and sell NFTs using uh, your credit card or crypto, uh, which is interesting. Uh, and then also they have their uh, F1 car. So if you want to get your NFT... Perhaps if I do this, my crypto dick butt uh, <laughs> on the Kraken uh, F1 car, you can put your NFTs into the Kraken NFT platform. So congrats on Kraken for getting their NFT platform out of the gate. And of course, disclosure, Kraken is also a sponsor of the podcast. Also should mention, because we talked about Uniswap earlier, that Uniswap is also a sponsor of the Bankless podcast, as you've probably noticed. Mm-hmm. And I'm an advisor to Matic, and David and I are both advisors for Optimism. We've mentioned all of these projects. So want to keep yeah. disclosures always front and center with you guys. As always, bankless.com slash disclosures. You can find out what we are doing in crypto at any given time. David, this is pretty big news. BlackRock filing a Bitcoin ETF soon. Close, close to close filing. To. Soon, uh, soon TM. Okay. Soon TM. But that would be huge. Uh, but the, the, the reason why, that yes, BlackRock, like biggest asset manager on the face of the By earth. a lot. Real hard for Gary Gensler to ignore. Isn't, like you're going to deny that with one, all of Gary? Them? Aren't they yeah, like? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so there, there's two partners here, both Coindesk and Kraken have been partnered with this. So Kraken is providing the pricing data and Coinbase is being the custodian. Uh, so Coinbase will store the Bitcoin, Kraken will provide the pricing and BlackRock will provide the ETF and Gary Gensler will approve it. Will right, he? Gary. Will he? Right, Gary. Who's, who's stronger? Which, which influence is stronger? Is it kind of the big oh, asset manager institutions? That's a really good question. It <laughs> is. I mean, this will be, yeah. be fun to watch uh, that, that squirming happen. Um, very exciting, though. Uh, we certainly need a Bitcoin ETF. David, Hong mm-hmm. Kong is putting pressure on three major banks to take on crypto exchanges as clients? Hong Kong? I saw, I, this is so, I'm so jealous. <laughs> uh, let me read this to you. Uh, the Hong Kong Monetary Authority is putting pressure on HSBC, Standard Charter, and Bank of China mm. to take on crypto exchanges as clients. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority is putting pressure on its own banks saying, quote, due diligence on potential customers should not create undue burden particularly those for setting up office in Hong Kong to look for opportunities here. Imagine that. I am so jealous. 
imagine God. That. I like, imagine if you had come like <sighs> I think it's a matter of honestly the, you know the US zigs and Hong Kong zags I think that's what's what's right. happening and China's going the right. opposite direction right now first so Hong Kong China kind of the same also not though yeah. this isn't mainland China this is Hong yeah, Kong yeah Hong Kong is kind of like the financial innovation center I would say of right. like you know China right. now um, but Bank of China issues 28 <laughs> million dollars in a digital structured note on Ethereum also out of Hong Kong huh. Uh, so they, there's a $28 million digital structured note. I don't know what that means on Ethereum issued by Hong Kong. So that's pretty cool. That as a, uh, yeah, that is interesting. Why are they doing that? That's interesting. Uh, that's interesting. I don't David, know. there are some releases. Uh, first, first Chinese financial institution to issue a, issue a tokenized security in Hong Kong. Big deal. Huh. Using public permissionless rails to issue securities. You can totally do that. <laughs> as long as you traded on uh, an ATS from Aaron Kaplan. No, no, no ATS. Just Uniswap. Uh, this is a release this week. Tell me about this. Tyco Alpha 3 Testnet is live. What is Tyco? Tyco is a, another layer two on Ethereum. It is a ZK EVM. Uh, it is, uh, of all the uh, layer two ZK EVMs that are out there, ZK Sync era, Polygon, Scroll, and then Tyco. Tyco's the furthest behind, the newest on this scene. The baby but brother. Also sitting shoulder to shoulder with the rest of mm. them, at the social categorization, all of all that. Uh, so they are now on Testnet. So congrats to uh, Matthew Feinstone and the team. Oh, uh, very cool. Good people. Oh, Matthew's there. from that. Yep. Uh, formerly mm-hmm. Loopring, right? In GameStop? Formerly Loopring, formerly GameStop, yeah. Um, Lens just uh, beefed up a raise. Today, we are mm-hmm. excited to announce our $15 million funding round to accelerate the adoption of the next generation of internet powered by human connection, the people-powered social layer. This is a lens protocol. Uh, mm-hmm. Very cool. Dabbling in uh, Web3 social, for sure. Um, and uh, I don't know, hopefully taking some market share from the Twitters of the world. Yes, yeah. Should be easy these days. David. We got a, a very special job this week. I'm going to dance in a second, but first I'm going to show this job. Uh, senior analyst slash token hunter. Uh, so we are looking for a senior analyst inside of Bankless who can lead the research for our team, Hunting Alpha, tracking investment opportunities, uh, who can also write for the newsletter, but also inform uh, me and Ryan to give good takes on perhaps the weekly roll-up like you are hearing right now. So if you are listening to this and you have some analyst chops and you know how to write, there is a link in the show notes to apply. That is a senior, this is the, the most senior writer that we will, we will hire for. And uh, if you do get this role, you will be working on this bad boy. This is the token Ooh, hub yeah. that we have open, which is our buy sell hold ratings Mm -hmm. on tokens in crypto a fantastic product we just rolled out on the bankless website and uh we need some more help with it we need some more senior analysts we are assembling a team (laughs) we're building a team we want you to lead it but david promised to dance we got some other jobs for you a senior back-end software engineer at center pixel otter space needs a web3 front-end engineer phantom is looking for two software engineers mobile and front-end premia is looking for a web3 product management and architecture lead Denare is looking for denari i think smart contract engineer uniswap labs needs some engineers as well oh my gosh there's so Hope much developers. more lots of devs being hired right now bankless.palette.com slash jobs go check it out david what do we have coming up next Coming up next, we got the takes of the week, of course, and then what Ryan and I are bullish on, along with a moment of zen at the very end from El Choco. God, I love this. I don't know if you've listened to this, Ryan, but it's hilarious. All of that and more coming up as soon as we talk to some of these fantastic sponsors. 
that make the show possible. Arbitrum One is pioneering the world of secure Ethereum scalability and is continuing to accelerate the Web3 landscape. Hundreds of projects have already deployed on Arbitrum One, producing flourishing DeFi and NFT ecosystems. With the recent addition of Arbitrum Nova, gaming and social dApps like Reddit are also now calling Arbitrum home. Both Arbitrum One and Nova leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum and provide a builder experience that's intuitive, familiar, and fully EVM compatible. On Arbitrum, both builders and users will experience faster transaction speeds with significantly lower gas fees. With Arbitrum's recent migration to Arbitrum Nitro, it's also now 10 times faster than before. Visit Arbitrum.io where you can join the community, dive into the developer docs, bridge your assets, and start building your first dApp. With Arbitrum, experience Web3 development the way it was meant to be. Secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. You know Uniswap, it's the world's largest decentralized exchange with over $1.4 trillion in trading volume. You know this because we talk about it endlessly on Bankless. It's Uniswap, but Uniswap is becoming so much more. Uniswap Labs just released the Uniswap Mobile Wallet for iOS, the newest, easiest way to trade tokens on the go. With a Uniswap wallet, you can easily create or import a new wallet, buy crypto on any available exchange with your debit card with extremely low fiat on-ramp fees, and you can seamlessly swap on Mainnet, Polygon, Arbitrum, and Optimism. On the Uniswap mobile wallet, you can store and display your beautiful NFTs, and you can also explore Web3 with the in-app search features, market leaderboards, and price charts, or use Wallet Connect to connect to any Web3 application. So you can now go directly to DeFi with the Uniswap mobile wallet. Safe, simple custody from the most trusted team in DeFi. Download the Uniswap wallet today on iOS. There's a link in the show notes. Jesse Walden, how to actually get through a bear market. Jesse, Jesse Walden says, maintaining your psychology is one of the hardest parts of building slash investing in crypto. Frontier tech is hard enough, but pundits love to kick us while we are down. This is cyclical along with the market. Maintain thesis, focus, a dose of stoicism, and they'll call it luck. Great take. That is great a take. great take. Uh, here's another take from David Hoffman. The current meta of crypto just feels so weird right now. That yeah, it's a little from? bit downstream of the conversation that we just had. It's just like, I can't really put a pin on it. It just feels weird to be in crypto at this present moment. I, I think, uh, crypto feels a little lost is one thing I'd say. Um, crypto Twitter at least is more grumpy yeah. than usual, a bit more yeah. reactionary. Um, everything gets put under the microscope. Um, yeah. it seems hard for us still to separate like our friends from our enemies. Maybe we're just reeling from the trauma of 2022 where, yeah. uh, some people in crypto turned out to be kind of enemies of, of the values of this space. Um, right. I feel like we're more divided than we should be, or we could be I again in the yeah. face of kind of a common set of challenges. We have challenges, not just from regulatory, which are immense, but also in terms of, um, a shared voice, like a shared message, um, showing the world what crypto can actually, the, the value it can actually uh, deliver. Prices are down too. So I mm -hmm. think people get like grumpy when that happens. Uh, I'm not sure. It's, it's kind of a weird vibe right now. Um, yeah. what, what do you think? How would you describe it? I think it's also because we're seeing a crescendoing and building, but also an even faster crescendoing of FUD and like real FUD, like Gary Gensler SEC FUD. And I don't know like how people, I don't think people are figuring out how to come to terms with it. I think we see parts of the crypto community come together. Like I'm doing my best to try and come together with the Solana community. I'm really trying here. Um, and then other parts just seem to be falling off. It's like it, crypto feels like I'm trying to hold water in my hands right now. And it's been that way for like a year. Yeah. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to, it's like, 
I, 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 it, crypto hasn't been faced with these challenges before. Uh, I think you said this earlier, 2021, the class of 2021 and the class of 2017 just aren't like vibing very well, I think. It's a generational gap there. I think yeah. there is. Yeah. I don't There's know. It's definitely some of that. Um, I have a solution for you. It's, but it's yeah. in the, what I'm bullish on section, but um, okay. I'll, I'll start with asking you the question. What are you bullish on this week? Okay. I'm, I'm bullish on crypto lawyers. <laughs> I think our lawyers in this industry are absolute just chats yeah. and chat ads. Yeah. I think they are just, I think they're just savage. They're I think they're some of the coolest lawyer. I don't, I don't know the full spectrum of uh, industry lawyers, but I think like freedom crypto fighter lawyers, lawyers, freedom fighter lawyers, Paul from Coinbase, Jake and Amanda. I don't know if you listened to that episode, Ryan, but it was awesome. Uh, so we have some Rodrigo resistive. is yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think we have some of the most just like savage lawyers that are out there who are like lawyers, but also just like freedom fighters, like technological freedom fighter. Like yeah. I never thought that we would have cypherpunk lawyers yet. Here we are like lawyers that embody cypherpunk values. Shout out to all the crypto lawyers out there. That's a good one. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. the lawyers. That's what I'm bullish, on. bullish on them yeah. too. Thank you for sticking around because if you guys didn't stick around, we'd really be in trouble. <laughs> True. <laughs> Ryan, what are you bullish on? Uh, this is kind of an answer to like, if crypto's feeling weird, here, here's mm -hmm. what you should do. And it's what I'm bullish on. Grab a bear market buddy. Um, do you know who taught me that? Uh, My bear market buddy, you. Um, I just, I've been feeling like, honestly, guys, if you're listening to this, which I guess you are, crypto is hard enough. It's, it's really hard. You got the volatility. Um, it's mentally exhausting. You have kind of constant attacks. Your relatives think you're crazy. Mm -hmm. You're down bad right now. Like all Gary sorts of things. gaslighting you. Yeah. And then for me personally, you also throw media on top of that. And what that means is also social media for me. And like, Social media is notorious. It's toxic. It's not great. It's exactly. hard. It's hard out there. Uh, and so I feel like sometimes every single week, I feel like under attack it, like by somebody. It's just something mm -hmm. happens. And you're just like, I didn't mean for that. I didn't mean right. to say it in that way. And like, this is, this is not the event that I wanted to be handed. Right. And as a somebody crypto and also a content creator, and I'll speak to the content creation part of this uh, for, for a minute. It's very difficult to separate two things. Who are the good faith critics and who are the bad faith critics? All right. Because yeah. the bad faith critics, you want to separate them and like just cast them aside. Like you don't need to right. listen to them. This is just the hater crowd. I mean, they're right. doing it to grow their influence. They'll be happy to spread information. It's just bad faith attacks on you. But if you throw out all of the critics, then you also throw out the good faith critics too. Right. And in there, you have like people who disagree. Right. Mm -hmm. They're good faith critics. They disagree. Well, that's a great chance for you to engage and to learn something from them. And then you have people who misunderstand your perspective. Well, that's a good opportunity for you to, to learn how to communicate better. So you like clarify things. Right. And so that's good faith, too. You want that. Uh, and then there's some people who genuinely like understand you. They just think you're wrong and you did something wrong. And these are helpers. They sort of help you improve. And you absolutely want to listen to that last group of people. They're the ones that hold you accountable. Probably like the questionnaire from, from earlier, asking mm -hmm. us about disclosures, that sort of thing. So you always want to listen to your helpers. But what's really difficult to do, David, I think in bear markets when everyone's feeling grumpy uh, and you have these types of, of reactions is like listen to any critics. It's like mm -hmm. hard for me because there's so, the bad faith and the good faith are all mixed together. So it all sounds like noise. And my solution there. The only one I found is bear market buddy. All right. You need a council. Pass it back and forth. You need yeah. a group. You need people who are going to like call you on your BS. Right. Um, mm -hmm. 
and also listen to your decision. A, a group of people you can also be a little bit like crazy with, right? right. And so um, that for me is the secret through getting through 2018, 2019. That for me is actually the secret right now. I can tell you, honestly, David, I wouldn't be doing this podcast without you. Like I, uh, feelings there's mutual, no brother. chance I could not Fuck run this no. thing. Like <laughs> no it, it's just impossible. Uh, and so I just want to extrapolate that to anyone else who's listening is don't travel alone. Okay. Yeah. Never do that. It's dangerous go find to some go friends, alone. go find some people who are on the crypto journey yeah. that believe similar things that are here for the right reasons. Now is the time to find them because it is a settler's market. The tourists yeah. are out. I don't know where they are, but they're gone. Settlers it's a market. settler's market. So find your bear market buddies and uh, just hang on. Um, could be months, uh, maybe years. Hopefully it's just months. <laughs> years? I don't know. We just don't months. know. But uh, settlers don't care. They're going to be here. And uh, that's what I'm bullish on. Um, you want to get to the meme of the week? Meme of the week. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. What are we looking at? Da-na. Da-na, na-na, na-na. We got Gary Gensler as a shark. And man, those eyes are really far apart. And the, uh, the innocent little lady swimming on top of him this are the unregistered Jaws. securities. Jaws, uh, poster. There we go. Uh, we also, like I said, have a moment of Zen from uh, Coco the Corn Hub. Oh, is a Bankless DAO so member singer. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, I, just, I cherish every single one of these. Um, I doubt that they're still going to be available, but these are uh, a mint on Manifold. I believe there's 150. I definitely minted one. Uh, so yeah, we're going to go here from that moment as in as soon as Ryan tells you about risks and disclaimers about going west. Yeah, get ready for it. This is lcoco.eth. It's the bear. It's called, this will get you in the mood, uh, for a good bear market where we are right now in the settler's market. Risks and disclaimers, of course, got to let you know, ETH, Bitcoin, these assets are all risky. So is crypto. You could definitely lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot. Oh, it's the bear, oh, it's the bear, oh, it's finally hair. Well, I swear I'm so happy cause it's the bear. Now the crypto bear is one to fair. He'll eat your soul if you don't take care. When the tide goes out, he smells the air. And if you're not wearing clothes, you'll be a souvenir of the bear. Oh, it's the bear, it's finally hair. Well, I swear I'm so full of chair cause it's the bear. Scared because we're all out of fear, and you could say LSD and a platypus appears. And friends are made that'll last for years, and it's easier to find your dream career. And it's also when normies think we're weak, and they mount their attacks and scathing critiques. It's funny if they still don't see it clear. We get stronger when times are more severe, because it's the beer. It's the beer. It's finally here. But I swear I'm so full of cheer, because it's the beer. Find out who you are If you're here for the values You won't go far And it flushes out anything subpar And the noise dies down So you can pre-par For the next bull run Whenever it comes Cause you've got your scars And you're no longer dumb And you're down so far That you've become numb But it's not about the money When you've lived among the bar What is the bar? Well, it's finally hard When I swear I'm so full of char Cause it's the bar